Today is June 17th, and the Yankees just won a gem of a game versus the Rays, but we're not talking about that today. We are talking about whatever the hell you guys want to talk about. It's the voicemail episode. Let's talk Yanks. What is going on, everybody? Today is June 17th. It's the voicemail app. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my co-host Jake, as always, coming to you from Denver. Colorado. Something just crashed in my upstairs. I don't know what that was. It was a loud noise. We are excited to have uh, you guys ask us a bunch of questions. I have no idea what's coming our way, but this is the voicemail app, as we do every single Monday night, Tuesday, day. And this episode of Talking Yanks is brought to you by three special people. Ryan Traeger. Good name. Traeger. Kevin Tlutsky. I never seen this before, Jake. It's the a capital T and then an L after the capital T. Very interesting. I never seen that combo before. Tlutsty. 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 Kevin T. Lusty. Maybe that's what it is. Definitely not. And Sarah Fraser. Fraser with an S, not yeah. the Clinton Todd way with the Z. No. Fraser. Those Fraser, are our most yeah. recent Patreon supporters. $2 a month, early access, live access, video access, some extra other perks, uh, early access to our events, some stuff like that. Uh, uh, two jerseys a month we give away, one via raffle at the end of every month and one a contest. Jake, we have to do the contest right now, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I was thinking something like, who gets to two homers first? No, no, that's not. We can't do that. There's not enough options to answer it. I wanted to do something with Edwin, Stanton, and Judge in home runs. Like, how many home runs do the three of them combine for by the end of June? Is that fun? Maybe we should have done Edwin's home run call and had us pick. We haven't done a you and me pick in a while. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah, I don't like the creative. I feel like it limits people, but we'll do that. We haven't done one in a while. All right. Underneath this episode, 287 on Patreon, leave us your best Edwin Encarnacion, John Sterling home run call. Jake and I will go through them uh, in a couple episodes, maybe two episodes. We'll let it linger for two Two episodes, we will go through them, and we will choose our favorite, and that person will win a jersey with no name on the back from affordablejerseys.com. All you creative people, put your thinking hats on. Give us a call. There you go. Jake, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. What a, what a little whirlwind by you there. You were coming in, coming in a little fatigued, and then you got mad at the YouTube machine, and then you had one of your best intros ever, and I don't even think you even realized it, but that needs to be your go-to voicemail intro. You just you said Tanaka twirled it, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about whatever the hell you guys want to talk about. It's beautiful. 
It's true. It was re- it was real gamer stuff. It was like Tanaka without his splitter. Um, but luckily he had it, and uh, I'm doing great, man. I mean, how uh, I was singing, start spreading the news. I mean, complete game shutout. Thought those were a thing of the past. Uh, Tanaka is owning the Rays this year. Uh, times are good, man. Times are good. How are you doing? I'm good. I mean, Tanaka with the gem, Gary with a little hug at the end. Spirits are high. It is coming at the end of a long day, so I'm getting tired. But I'm excited because I haven't listened to any of these voicemails. I don't even know what a single voicemail is about. Intern, intern Luke edited them, labeled them, and all that for me. And then, and then after he did this, we had 11 more voicemails come in. Yeah. So I'm, I apologize if you called in late to, later today. You probably thought it was great because you're closest to the episode, which is what I told people. But now we have Luke doing them earlier. So I'll, we'll try to get to him. But, I mean, we got a ton. The voicemails are, are coming in. This is fun. So we appreciate everyone that calls and everyone that listens. you want to just start it off right away, Jake? You want to go to the first voicemail? I think so. Game time. I feel like this is a question we've done a lot. But okay. we'll, so we'll do it quick. I guess we could be mean hey guys, to questions today if we South want. Jersey. Um, so... I'm not really sure. I always go back and forth on how I feel about the Yankees' uh, facial hair policy, uh, whether I like it or dislike it. I'm really just wondering what you guys, what your opinions are about whether the Yankees should ever keep their facial hair policy or get rid of it. And also, who do you think on the Yankees' current roster, who could grow the meanest uh, Don Mattingly mustache? Uh, love the show, guys. Keep it up. Uh, we've done this a bunch, but, you know, as we grow, we'll answer it more. Uh, I love the facial hair policy, not because it has anything to do with facial hair, uh, because when you get traded to the Yankees, Edwin Encarnacion has had a chin strap beard his whole playing career that I can remember. You get traded to the Yankees. You are not bigger than the Yankees. You get humbled immediately. Brian McCann had a beard, a fat face like me. Immediately you got to shave it. You're not bigger than every other player that has been part of this franchise since the dawn of time. You know what I mean? It's, like, there's no it's, exceptions it's made a- for you. It's like fall in. And I don't care if they said you got to wear a, a red sleeve every Tuesday. It's just like this is what we do. You're on the Yankees now. You have to do it. I don't give a fuck that it's shaving. I think it does save a lot of people from embarrassing looks. But I just like that it's it's you're it's you have to fall into the team you're not bigger than what this whole thing is i think you'd be pretty mad at that tuesday red sleeve theory that you just brewed up um i I don't think you'd like that but um yeah and i i no we're we're in lockstep on that edwin actually looked great and i mean jimmy it just keeps coming up with the talking yanks people they want you to get rid of the beard edwin looked great today um, I don't. I disagree. Edwin looked great without the beard. You're getting more entrenched with the Yankees. I, people are talking about it. No, 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 no. They want to see my beard on your face. They, well, yeah. Who would grow the best mustache? Is was the now next best question. mustache is fun. Um, you always picture a good mustache on a on like a meathead. So I mean, Voight jumps out. I don't think he can grow facial hair. I think Glaber can't. Could Didi? Could Didi have a, like Didi could probably have a like a cool mustache. 
He'd have like that pencil, like a Mamba number five Lou Bega pencil mustache. Right I, on the I could lip. see him going pencil, but then it comes out and he curls it at the end, like almost Raleigh fingers. Aditi's got a trick for everything. Cece probably can grow a pretty fun mustache. A couple more years, it'll start getting gray at the end, a big bushy one. The honest answer is probably Austin Romine. That's what I was thinking too. Like DJ, uh, Anduhar, a lot of those guys, they can't. Maybe Paxton, he's had a mustache before. Damn, Guardy would be nice. Full bald with the mustache. Damn. That'd be, it'd be scary. Yeah, it'd be scary. You wouldn't want to take his daughter to prom. What's next? Next. Oh, oh, click the button, you dummy. Hey, this is Connor from uh, Hillsborough, New Jersey. And uh, talking about uh, Judge and uh, not being with the team, last year the big story was how Yankees struggled a ton when Judge wasn't in the lineup, and we were nervous when Judge went down, like, is this going to be the same case this year? Fortunately, thus far, it hasn't been the same case. Why do you think that is? We really had been doing really well without him until – last few games, of course, but what is it that the Yankees seem to have this year that wasn't there last year when Judge got hurt? Thanks. Go Yanks. What was the question? He's saying that... I think he's saying that the Yankees played well without Judge this year when last year they, they like, did not. I think that's what I got from that. Oh, okay. Well, last year when Judge was out, Shane Robinson filled in. This year, Cameron Maven and Clint Frazier filled in. Yeah, we we actually, you and I were kind of shocked before the season. We looked at kind of the depth of the team, and it was significantly better from last year. Yeah. Um, if, if you looked at guys 20 through 30 on the roster from last year to this year, um, I mean, the young guys all jumped up a notch. I mean, Domingo Herman last year to Domingo Herman this year, Cameron Mabin. Um, and I mean, every year tells a different story. Like, that's... That's why I I've been somewhat down on the Red Sox all year. It's tough to bring a year like that back, and uh, that's that's why they're they've been hanging around five hundred. We'll probably see them get a little better, but we um, love it's it's a different year. We love Neil Walker, Disco Neil. But I mean, last year you had Disco Neil and Shane Robinson as the guys. This year we have Cameron Mabin and Clint Frazier. Neil Walker was supposed to be this year's DJ LeMayhew. <laughs> he was yeah. supposed to play. He was supposed to play first, second, and third. Um, and Neil Walker's having a great year this year. He didn't adjust well to the bench role. DJ LeMayhew <laughs> was n- <laughs> never going into the bench role with how good he's been playing this year. But yeah, I mean, when you start to really look around the horn and be like, "Whoa, uh, some some significant upgrades." And I mean natural. I mean Gary's season was lost last year. Yeah, we didn't. His have shoulder Gary last was year. hurt. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yep. Better team. Better team. Hey, good morning. What's up, guys? It's Dan from Mass, originally Connecticut. Um, just want to comment about Maven in particular with Judge and Stan coming back. I know Frazier was set down. It's a little surprising, but I can see why. I just don't think they can afford to lose Maven. It's going to be tough to keep him, maybe carry one less pitcher. Um, I just think he brings a lot defensively. He handles the stick well, great arm, can play all positions. Um, I just hope that there is a way that they can hold on to him, especially, God forbid, there's another injury. 
then they got to go to Talkman um, or Frazier in the outfield as bat plays, but the defense we know is shaky. Uh, anyways, want to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, it's stink to lose him, but it's definitely going to be hard to keep him. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah, so this is the big conversation, especially after Maben's three for three day with a double and a home run and three games in a row with the home run. Now, I didn't hear Cashman's, you did, Jake, but Boone said they're probably set with a three-man bench as of now. After the game, they asked him, how hard is it going to be to lose Cameron Maven? And Boone was like, we're not even close to like even thinking about that. Like, I'm not going to answer that. You said Cashman skirted around that question a little more? Yeah, Kay said on the broadcast uh, that he asked Cashman about it, and he said basically that Cashman danced around it, because obviously they're going to. Um and and I don't know, Jim. I mean, we we've got a couple different mindsets here. The Yankees are clearly a three man bench team now, um, and there's going to be a lot of outfielders. But I personally, just watching the Cameron Maben effect, it's tough to lose it. <laughs> Joe's McFly, our guy, started a group chat with us today and was trying to get us to convince him mentally to tell him that Cameron Maben would be on the team all year. Uh that's where it gets tricky because you you had a great line on our last podcast, Jim, that you were like, man, if we could somehow get Cameron Maben on the playoff roster, that's a huge guy to have on the playoff roster. Like you can, he plays defense, he can run. Um, you know, if you needed an at bat out of him, you you kind of trust him at this point. What he's done with us, my uh, my big theory that I'm going to leech on to, and it it could go down in flames whenever they have to call Judgey up. Um, the Yankees, after today's game, they have nine straight games, and then they have two off days before the London series. Then they play two in London. They have an off day after that, and then they play six straight games until the All-Star break. So I think it's pretty realistic that between Nestor Cortez Jr., Jonathan Holder, Harvey, Herman potentially coming off the DL, IL, excuse me, um, and potentially DFAing Sessa, but we know the Yankees hate losing assets even when they're Luis Sessa. Um, I think it's very feasible to think that we could go four-man bench and bring Cameron Maben through the All-Star break, and then by then we should know if the big guys are fully healthy, um, and then I think if your hand is forced, your hand is forced. Um, but I think they can drag it out a little, but there's also a chance they don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I said to someone today, I wouldn't be shocked either way. I, uh, if they did it, I'd be like, yep, that's what they like, a three-man bench. Get rid of Sessa. Just get rid of Sessa. And like you said, between Hale, Nestor, Chance, you can use the Scranton shuttle to keep that guy fresh and just say, like, this sucks, Nestor, but you just pitched three games. We're going to send you down on paper, but you can hang out with the team. Okay, you're back up. You know what I mean? They, but it's a lot to do. But but then again, why lose Cameron Maben when you don't have to? Now other people could be saying, "Well, you just have Clint come up then." Like yeah, like you lost Cameron Maben, you had to DFA him. But if you need someone to come up, you still have Clint in the wings. But they might be trying to shop him. Why and lose Cameron what, Maben? What, Cl what Clint and Cameron Maben provide are totally different. If you want to compare Clint to someone on the roster, compare him to Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying there's there's depth still. Uh, but there's better depth with Cameron Maben and Clint both being there. 
And you're right, like injuries were looking like we're out of the woods, but there's no such thing as like permanently out of the woods. Like anything could pop up. Andy Hart came back for a week, gone. And and look look how slow they've been at bring. They've been giving Hicks and Didi an off day every series. They're gonna do that with Judge and Giancarlo. Uh, so I I don't know. I just I think. I think the world that I laid out when I looked at the schedule just seemed super realistic if all you have to do is juggle a couple bullpen guys for like a week. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Um, but uh, at the same time, if it happens, you kind of have to exhale and say, Welp, you know, Judge and Giancarlo are pretty good too. Yeah. But it, it'll be a bummer. Yo, what up, guys? Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Um, if you and Jake had to fight evil clones of yourself, and you had a choice between a small pocket knife or a 40-ounce wooden bat, and uh, your clone gets the other weapon, which one do you choose? Do you go for the greater damage? Do you go for the reach? Or do you interpret this in a different way? What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew from Hell's Kitchen, regular caller. It's usually analytics, stats. <laughs> it's, it's a great it's, question. Oh, easy answer for me. Easy, yeah? easy answer. Yeah, yeah, easy answer. I'm taking the bat. I'm giving my evil clone the pocket knife. Okay, and? And I'm winning. I'm just taking the bat and I'm spinning in circles helicopter. He's not going to go anywhere near me. Then I'm going to catch my breath by dodging him for like 30 seconds, then I'm just going to start spinning again. Yeah, see, me... Eventually, luckily, I'll connect. Luckily, I'm in the head of my evil twin, because, I mean, we're we're evil twins. Um, I take the bat just because I want a baseball bat, and me and my twin both play possum and pretend we're dead. So you're just going to be dead with a bat, and he's dead with a pocket knife? No, we're just both pretending we're dead until the situation ends, and then we're like... Then we try to talk our way out of it, and then so you just want to you just want a bat in your hand, Joe Torre style. Yeah, I basically I just get a bat. Okay, not bad. Yeah, they clean out the bodies afterwards, and then I'm like, wow, just want a bat. It's like a going to a carnival. I take a bat over a pocket knife. Oh, I mean, I mean, he, he could get like two stabs in, and I'm still like, I get one headshot in, and I still win that fight. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So taking the bat. Good question. Hey, Joe from Nebraska. Jake sucks. Nah, Jake, I love you, actually. Uh, let me just, uh, I just want to throw something out here real quick. It's funny that people love the CC antics when someone fucking bunts on him. Um, but we hate Mad Bum because he barks at a guy. He didn't throw at a guy. That's the way it should be done if you're on the mound. If you have a problem, bark at him. He even said it after, after the game in this press conference. He said, I'd rather fight. I would rather have a pitcher like that, like CeCe, and someone that does a little pussy shit and throws a 95-mile-an-hour fastball at their head. Like, you guys are going way too overboard. I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying Yankee fans in general. So that's my take. Peace. Yeah, you actually, Jake, you actually somewhat agree with Joe here where I don't. Um, CeCe and the bunting stuff is kind of a similar thing. Mad Bum gets mad at people when they beat him, and in this situation... Uh, Muncie, the latest one, didn't even show him up at all. Like, 
didn't even really do anything that crazy. Yeah. There's videos of Mad Bun, Mad Bum doing the same exact like amount of time in between swinging, looking at it, and running. So it was. So it that's like a bad situation. Mad Mad Bum also has a history of yelling at guys who they pop up and then they get upset that they popped up and Mad Bum yells at them because they shouldn't even think that they could do something better than popping up. Uh, he he comes off so sensitive to me. CeCe yells at people when he does good, usually. Like, he doesn't, if a guy bunts on him, he doesn't yell at him right when the bunt happens. He strikes the next guy out, and if the bunting guy gets stranded, then he yells, that's weak-ass shit. But it's like not like the guy bunts and he screams at him right after the bunt. He waits until he is successful, which is the biggest difference, yelling after success or crying in defeat. And Mad Bum cries in defeat. So that's the yeah, biggest difference I, for me. I, I think the big the big difference you and I have is that it I, I think it's tough that we we get detached from it too. I mean, think about what Madison Bumgarner is for the Giants organization. If we were Giants fans and we'd had watched him all these years, I mean, we would let him do whatever the hell he'd want. And I I because you're right, the Muncie reaction thing he had, it it sucked at first. We were both making fun of him. And then I heard his press conference the next day, and he was like, <laughs> you, you could tell he was in his own head. He, he's 20, 29, 30, but he has, like, the mindset of a 70-year-old because um, he was kind of raised to be that ace, old-school country boy ace. Um, but he was like, man, I know let the kids play and show emotion, but he's like, I kind of show emotion too. It's just that's my natural emotion. You're right. It sucks that he's he should be mad at himself for giving up the homer yeah, and like, not at Muncy like, looking at it. That's why we love Tanaka because he gets mad at himself. Right, but I, I, I actually I enjoyed that exchange just because everything kind of happened accordingly, uh, except. Mad Bum, you could be mad at Muncie, I guess, for hitting the homer, even though you know it's his job, but you also gave up the pitch, bro, so. Yeah, uh, I'm not like mad at Bum. I just think he comes off like a baby. Where I he think comes it, off like a superstar, which he used to be, and he's not anymore. Yeah. Oh, I think back in the day, that used to be viewed as badass, and now I think it's kind of like you're just a baby. Yeah, a little it's bit. Like tides have turned. And he kind of knows it. I, I guess I appreciate that part of it. Sup, boys? It is Jordan from Boston. Sure, going to get a lot of questions on this one, but what is the percentage chance that we have seen Clint Frazier's last game in pinstripes? Thanks, boys. Wow. What is the percentage, Jake? I, I was going to say coin flip, but I actually think I would put it more as like 40, 60. 40 la- last time we it's the last of we've seen him 60 we see him again maybe even 70 30 I don't think they're going to tr- I think they will be shopping Clint around but I don't think they're just going to trade him just to trade him like if they don't find the price that is fits and it, it's going to be a haul like I don't think Fraser for Mad Bum makes sense at all like, you know what I mean they're not just going to move him to move him but if they can get a haul back and a pitcher with some years that they love. I think they will be shopping for that. Uh, and if Maben does get DFA, then it ups because then if someone gets hurt, Clint's back. I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you have it at? Yeah, I, I think I'm higher than that, but it's mostly just 
living in fear of injuries this season? Like this, you you've heard me say this a bunch of times now. Wait, like, higher on what side? Higher on we're going to see him in pinstripes again. Higher than seventy? Um, so you think it's like for sure almost? I thought you just said forty percent. We see him in pinstripe. You're sixty percent. No, I was sixty percent. We see him in pinstripes. Forty. Oh, okay. You he s- gets you traded, and then I kind of even went maybe seventy thirty. Okay, then yeah, I'm I'm about right in that wheelhouse too. I just I think uh, he, this has been my big warning to Yankee fans. Like, it's not like whoo, we got all the injuries done with. Thank God. It's no, we still got the rest of a season to play. Um. So I I don't know. I I think there's a good chance we see him again. He uh on the exit and everything. He he handled himself really well. And I think well until the Instagram shit. Yeah. Um but I mean again, that's uh that's it, that's kind of outside of the Yankees to be fair. Um and I mean nothing really came of that. It just became a talking point for people that like following Clint Frazier, you know? That's it's more radio fodder. Like that's what Clint brings to the table that no other player does. Yeah, I I don't know. Non- I just think nonsense. I mean, I mean, essentially, if there was an injury of to Edwin Voit, um, I think Judge or Stanton when they come back, Guardy, I think. Uh, maybe not Guardy, because Guardy and Hicks, I think, would still be Talkman because they play center field. Um, but any of those guys go down, even if it's a, you know, a, a quick ten day or rolled their ankle or something. I still think Clint's the guy. So I would just say, due to fear of injury, yes. Um, but they are they are dangling him out there. Hey guys, Matt from Jersey. Um, by the time. This is played in about six days. This might be irrelevant, but uh, I just watched the Yankees get crushed by the Mets and Paxton have a really bad outing. And obviously right now this rotation is really, it looks like him and Tanaka might be playing with injuries, you know, but overall I want to touch on the point that Hal Steinbrenner passed up Dallas Keuchel because of a $1 million gap between the pro right. Well. Paxton and Tanaka had good starts since then. Hal didn't pass up on anyone. They were never interested in Dallas Keuchel. They never thought anything of him. They basically said to Keuchel, if no one else wants you, we'll give you the minimum we think you'll accept. If another team wants you at all, go to them. We don't care. It's, they didn't get outbid for Keuchel. Like, technically, they did, but they were no interest. Like They were like, we'll give you a dollar. That's what you want. If anyone offers you $2, though, we don't give a fuck because we don't actually want you. That's what happened. Like, they never really wanted Keuchel. They, he was just out there, and it was cheap. So, they, which, yeah, try, which you can to... complain about that if you think they should have wanted him. But it wasn't a cheapness thing. It was they, don't, they think they can get better with a trade than Keuchel. Right. It was, it was a conscious decision. It was. It wasn't like they ran out of cash. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They, uh, it was like uh, we yeah, really I'm, want Keuchel, but we. Oh no, we're in a bidding war. No, they never fucking wanted Keuchel. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a dumb, weird, Jakey comparison. I started out with houses and like if if you had a price on a house and you want to go above this that is, price. This is this is a good spike in the chat. Said they put down the starting bid at a silent auction and then never went back and checked. Yeah. That's yeah, perfect. I was my my backup one was eBay. Good job, Spike. Yeah, 
Like, all right, if no one else bids, I guess we get this. Otherwise, yeah. who cares? So, um, all right, next. Talking Yanks, what's up, boys? It's Greco from down in Dallas. I got two quick things. First of all, uh, it's been a few weeks, and it's great to remember, but has anyone in the history of baseball pimped a walk harder than Aaron Hick pimps a walk? Fun to see again. Second, seen a lot of action on Bumgarner and Stroman. And I may be wrong, but didn't a few weeks ago a story come out that um, Mad Bum put the Yankees on his do not trade list? I don't remember what that was about, but I feel like I saw that a few weeks ago. So I've been confused at everyone talking about Mad Bum. Um, anyways, those are my things. Thanks, guys. Go Yanks. Thanks, Greco. Uh, Mad Bum, well, the first thing is Hicks pimps walks a lot. Last year, McCutcheon got traded to the Yankees, and he got a lot of credit for pimping walks. And I was like, we have the walk pimper already in Hicks. Yeah. I felt bad for Hicks. Like, it was his thing. Kutch came and stole it from him. It was weird. But Mad Bum put every contender on his no trade list because that gives him leverage. They have to negotiate with him before making the trade. So every team that's on his no trade list is the teams are the teams that will potentially be trading for him. So it, it's not like he put the Yankees on the no trade list because he doesn't want to go to the Yankees. It's he put the Yankees on his no trade list because he wants to be able to negotiate for his rights to be traded uh, and not have the Giants just do it without him having a say in it at all. Yeah. And I we, we've seen other pitchers that they will quote unquote waive their no trade clause and it's um yeah I don't we we haven't gotten like a full report where and and I mean yeah there could be a world where Madison Bumgarner says no screw it I'm chilling but I uh, I don't think he's given that message yet um otherwise I I think it would be out there Yeah yeah I I was thinking about this like Madison Bumgarner's played for one team you know it's not like Hap had been traded 5 times last year Yeah um and it, and, no, it, and and you think it's normal, but then when you listen to like R two C two, and you hear these players talk about being traded and how like it really shocks their system. Bum's been a giant his entire adult life. Like he's dude, been in he's, that organization for uh, everything he knows is the small hick town in Mississippi or wherever he's from, and North the Carolina, North Carolina, and the Giants organization. Like his world might be rocked when he gets traded. Like who knows how and he's he going to respond? Say no, and he yeah, he and might. and he might be so like I don't want to do this. He might he may say no. That that may be a possibility. But I, I was thinking about that today. Like this dude doesn't he hasn't like been around like a lot of these guys have. He may get a little shell shocked by the whole thing. He's 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 a different breed, man. I mean, he he went to four straight All Star games. He obviously did some heroic stuff in the World Series. Hickory, North Carolina, been there, Jim. Really good barbecue. Um, but yeah, drafted out of high school, came up when he was 19, 19 to 29 with the Giants. Um, so there is definitely a world where he could say no and not want to come. And I think it's interesting that they're they're saying the trade talks are picking up with him and the twins. And something like that honestly might be a better fit for a dude like him because he's he's wired a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows how he'd respond? Hey guys, this is Nick from Utica, New York. Um, with the draft coming up, or with the draft just going by, I was wondering, what do you think these kids do? Say a, a huge Yankee fan 
got drafted by like an uh, by the Astros or like the Red Sox. Do you think all of a sudden they just stop rooting for the Yankees, or like do you think they just flush their feelings and become like, or, or do you think they're like closet fans and just pretend like they don't care anymore, or do you think they just outwardly still support the Yankees? Like, what would you guys do if you were still pretty good at baseball and got drafted? I was just, I'm just curious. I don't know what I would do. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Well, the reality is, is that majority of kids that get drafted aren't fans of a specific team because they spend their summers playing baseball, not watching baseball. Like when you ask, Kay talks about this, or when you ask a lot of major leaguers, like, did you watch a lot of baseball? They're like, no, I played a lot of baseball. Maybe the, maybe I watched some highlights. But my, my favorite story is Trout was a huge Phillies fan. And when he was in triple A for the Angels, maybe double A, he was in the system. He called his dad and he's like, Dad, we got Holiday. His dad was like, the Angels traded for Holiday? He's like, no, the Phillies. <laughs> he's like, Mike, you're on the Angels now. Like, yeah. come on. So that, that, that's one rare exception. But yeah, uh, like Jeter never watched baseball. He even when he played, like him and A-Rod like, couldn't hang out anymore because A-Rod only wanted to watch games. And Jeter was like, I don't watch baseball. I play baseball. And majority yeah. of kids growing up, they played every day. So they're not like diehard fans. I'm sure there's exceptions, of course. But Yeah, there, there's always a couple exceptions. I think even when we had, uh, we had Yankees, a Yankees minor leaguer, Max Burt, on Talking Yanks, he's, uh, he's from the Northeast. Uh, he was kind of raised a Red Sox fan. But, I mean, think about what it takes now to become a modern-day baseball player. You're playing AAU baseball when you're – 10 to 12 range like your your life evolves into baseball where you can't <laughs> you can't really keep track and uh, hey guess what if you get to play professional baseball that's pretty damn cool and I, I think like e even if we brought fanhood into it Jim like even if we were you know uh, again I don't think it's happening but you know we're we're talking about Clint Frazier, Estevan Florial, potentially being in trades. Like until the day you're on a major league roster, you're not. Um, so I and and the day you get to play major league baseball, you get to play major league baseball. So yeah. that's okay. Yep. What's up, John Boy and Jake? This is Raphael from Jersey. I'm just getting a call. Seeing since July is coming up with the hot beach weather. What do you guys think? He's having a day at the beach. Who's wearing what? Is Guardy in Speedos? Uh, is Cece, you know, a little self-conscious wearing a T-shirt with swimming trunks? Mm -hmm. Who's manning the grill? Who's passing out the beers? Uh, let me know what you guys think. Hot take. Jake does not suck. John Boy mm -hmm. sucks. Jake's the man. Go Yanks. <laughs> wow. You huh. like that? No. Oh. All right, next call. <laughs> next call. What the fuck? <laughs> Yankees barbecue. Right. Let's check off some obvious. CeCe's wearing a jersey because that's a no-brainer. Yeah, he's wearing a jersey. He's not taking it off with a hat. Okay. Uh, who are the pale guys? Hap is wearing a sun shirt. Chad Green, sun shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um. Tommy Canely is in a Speedo, and he's detonating beers. If you don't know what detonating beers is, that's smashing them on your head and then drinking the foam that comes out. Tommy no Canely's bringing the can jam in the cornhole, like on his shoulders. 
Yes. Gardner's yes. in like shorts with a belt, socks, shoes, and like a t-shirt. Like he could be anywhere. He's not it's not barbecue specific. Yeah, maybe jeans. It's just his maybe jeans. It's just his outside outfit. Yeah. Like okay. he could be like doing like mowing lawns. And like Didi's you know, Didi's flying a kite. Oh, dude, he's like, flying so many kites. Like one of those crazy kites where you're like, yeah, how does that even work? Yeah, it's it looks like it's defying science. Um trying to think who else would have some good stuff going on at the Romine's beach. Romine is manning the grill. Yeah. Yeah, that's a no brainer. Guardy's by the grill just dripping sweat. Um <laughs> trying to fit maybe Stanton goes speedo. He's feeling himself pretty good. Who's who's in the kitchen like with the margarita machine, like making like not beers or drinks, but making like their own wild concoction of drink and bringing them out like, yo, check this out. I made this. Ooh. It's like like Otto and Paxton are doing that together. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say odd couple. I was leaning like Hicks and Paxton or something. It's two people that like no, they Hicks, didn't have. Hicks. I got two two people who didn't have a spot on the beach. Like, they didn't have a role. Like, the game set up, and everyone started doing their things. And there was two people that kind of, they just didn't have a natural fit. And they are like, all right, we'll make some Margs then. You guys want Margs? We'll do that. And everyone's like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Voight's part of the game crew with Canely. Yeah. I got Hicks just posting up somewhere, like on a chair by a table. And, like, people come to him and hang out every now and then. Or he's working on a golf swing in the corner of the grass backyard oh he's playing some sand golf or something like that that's good mm-hmm. chapman swag that's and that's obvious chapman is playing his own music on his phone or like a portable yes, speaker that's a, great call. a portable that's speaker a great that call. he brought and he like puts it on the table that he's sitting like just goes everywhere with him there's music at the barbecue yeah that's like everyone's listening to but chapman's got his own speaker that he brings wherever he's maybe it's just in his pocket Glaber and Urshela are dancing. Um, who's who's girls crew? Who's like we oh, need who, girls? Who's trying to get girls? Yeah, we need it's girls. Games too. crew. Whenever there's girls around, the games stop immediately. <laughs> no, I, I don't want. I don't want to get. I was gonna say I don't want to get any of the guys in trouble. They're not listening. Um, all the, all the single guys that are part of games crew stop the games immediately. DJ is so good at every lawn game. Ooh, I like that. LeMayhew's the ringer. He's killing yeah. it at spike he's ball. He's just running the paddle table. Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he I doesn't, r- he doesn't like, f- ask you to play or say, like, what are we playing? What are we next? What are we playing? He's like, oh, you guys are playing this? And then he like subtly just goes in, and then he just crushes your soul. Yeah. I've got one last funny image from the beach. I have Zach Britton's skin just on fire. He's so mad at Sunshirt Crew. Game Crew... He can't believe they brought a sun shirt without him. And he's just on fire. <laughs> one of the one of the guys is just getting lit up. Yeah, no just getting burnt to crisp. Talkman's there with his football, just hoping that Voigt and Canely, like he was hoping that they'd be football crew, but they're like, nah, bro, we're playing cornhole. And he and he just keeps throwing them a football and they're like, dude, stop throwing this to me. I'm playing cornhole right now. Yeah, they're throwing it to them while they're playing cornhole. <laughs> yeah, it's like a game of catch happening while they're playing cornhole. Just nonstop the football's roaming around. I like that. <laughs> that was Yankees uh, barbecue. 
day at the beach. Hey, what's up, John Boy and Jake? It's Sam calling again from the Jersey Shore. Uh, just a quick question for you. I like Gio Urshela just as much as the next guy. I love his defense. I love his bat right now. But do you guys think this is a little fluky? I mean, the guy was a sub-230 hitter before this season. But he wasn't hitting bombs like he is now. He's not getting – wasn't racking up RBIs, and he was – now he's hitting 310, 315. It just feels a little odd. I, I want it to be for real, but I'm having trouble believing it. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Adios. We're getting healthy at the perfect time for Gio. Nothing he can do is a failure because he already did so much for us. And I think his future now will be a bench player, and maybe it's twice a week, maybe it's three times a week he plays. He's fighting this little regression hard. Like he went, he went three days in a row with no hits, then he gets a three-hit game. He goes three games in a row with no hits, then he gets a two-hit game. Uh, it, it, it's, it's going down. I don't... Fluke is a weird term. I think Urshela made changes and got better, but I think the league wasn't ready for that yet. And now the league is throwing, okay, we see your changes and we raise you these changes. And I still think it, it levels out as better than who he used to be, but not any guy that's going to deserve every day at bats the way DJ, DD, Glaber, and Voigt will. Yeah, and it's it's you can kind of break it up into two segments now, and I I think that's where all the Gio Urshela stuff is getting getting messy because depending on how you want to break it up, you're right. I mean, you could skew his recent games pretty poorly, um, or you can skew them. I mean, not so bad. I mean, the last twenty four games, so what would be like a month worth of games, Gio Urshela hit two forty seven, three homers. Nothing special, a 712 OPS, still better than what he was and still okay for a replacement player. The problem was before that, he was hitting 353 with a 902 OPS in 35 games. Um, so, you know, on the season, his OPS is still above, uh, it starts with an 8. He's hitting 306, 358 with an 817 OPS. Like, on the season, Gio Urshel is still doing really well. What we don't know is where where is this happy middle area? Because he was on pace. <laughs> if, if he was doing what he was doing, he'd be leading for the batting title right now. And this is a guy that couldn't stay in the majors with his bat before. So no one knows the answer. And if someone tells you they do, they're lying to you. Um, the Yankees are going to hold on to him right now because, A, around the league, nobody knows what his value is. It's not, it's not like someone's going to trade for him like he's an all-star third baseman, which he still has a shot to be. Um, so I think as of right now, he kind of fits. They should be able to mix him in there, uh, whether it's a couple at-bats as a defensive replacement, maybe one start a week as they still rest Didi, and they're going to rest all the guys in the infield here and there. Um, and it, it will be interesting to see uh, how what he shows us in that role and how it ends up sorting itself out. Because, I, I mean, there could very well be, uh, a if Gio Urshela continues to trend downward, you know, we could be saying at the end of the year that we he's not a guy that fits the playoff roster. Um, so, I don't know. I think he's earned himself <laughs> a definite uh, invite to some team's camp and maybe even a guaranteed contract. Um Right now, he's in definite limbo, but I, I think we'd be lying to ourselves if I was saying to you, Gio Urshel is a 300 hitter. He's going to be an everyday third baseman for 10 years. 
And I think I'd I'd be lying to you if I said, ah, oh, he's back to being a bum. Get this guy out of here. It's somewhere in the middle. We don't know where. You don't really think he has a shot at being an all-star, do you? Oh, just by, like, votes and stuff, Jim. I mean, it's it, that's that's where people get misconstrued with this whole all-star thing. A, you know my whole thing about being an all-star. It's not as hard as it looks. Gio Urshela is the perfect example. He has a good month and a half to start the season, and he's in New York. He's got a great chance to be an all-star. He's but got the I don't votes think he coming does, in. The votes are coming in. That's how they're doing it this year, Jim. It's like the top three in the votes, and then they pick the starter out of that crew or something. It's... Being an all-star isn't as impressive as people make it out to be. That's the confusion well, well, that online. was my whole thing last season. Well, you were on the opposite side of it with Dellen. But anyway. Well, when you, when you do it as a body of work, Jim, when you, no one's ever been an eight-time all-star and a bad baseball player. You know, Gio, Gio or Shella could vo- sneak into the all-star game this year and it not be that impressive. Gio's second in voting right now. That's crazy. I mean... That's and that's he, he that's can't exactly be the second what I'm best saying. third baseman this year. No, I think uh, Moncada's been pretty good. He moved over to third. Devers, Matt Devers has been good. Chapman's good, and Fletcher on the Angels has been really good. Yeah, he's been moving all over the infield. Um, but yeah, yeah, and like Bregman will get votes, but I don't think he's having a better season. Yep. Well, actually, Bregman kind of is. It's pouring over here. Right here. All right, next. This is Tim in Pennsylvania. I had a thought. Is it a thing for a player to fake an injury or cooperate with an injury? Um, you know, could Cameron Maben, instead of being DFA'd, say he pulled a calf muscle and remain around the team obviously he's a good guy he had that reputation Uh, maybe he could just kind of pull a calf muscle and go on the dl instead of getting dfa'd if he wanted to so i wanted to know what you guys think about that because there's a roster crunch coming with the edwin news uh thank you and go yanks yeah so it's definitely a thing it's it's phantom injuries happened before i think we i my personal opinion is we just witnessed one with Kendris Morales. I think they said, hey, man, uh, we, we're we going to have to DFA you unless you want to try and stick around and there might be more injuries and you can be back with us or we're going to DFA you and see what happens. And Kendris Morales is at a point where I don't think – I think it would be slim pickings for him to get picked up. So I think he's like – I think my best future is to go take 10 days, get some rest, and see if there's more injuries that happen. Like – when uh, when um, Carter got DFA'd in 2017, he opted to stay with the Yankees and go to the Yankees AAA because the most likely place for him to get playing time was with the Yankees. They were the team that needed a first baseman the most, and then Bird ended up getting hurt, and Carter was right back up, or Austin ended up getting hurt, and Carter was right back up. Same thing with Morales. Like, I don't think anyone else wants him. So I think we just saw it. Now, that's my opinion. Cameron Mabin will get picked up like this from a contender, I believe. So I don't think he would accept a phantom DL stint or anything. I think he's saying, if you guys aren't going to use me, then I'm going to go somewhere where I'll play because there's places that will play me because I'm playing real good ball. 
Yeah, one thing covering our butt from last segment, Alex Bregman having a much better year than Gio Urshela before people start tweeting ugly things at us. I said it at the end. Um, His OPS is really yeah. high. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. we're going to see a lot of stuff that sounds really cool on, on the Yankee universe that's not going to happen. Um, you know, people are going to talk about Cameron Maben loving this team and wanting to stick around or accepting a minor league assignment. Um, I mean, that stuff is 99% not going to happen because uh, my dude wants a major league paycheck and he wants to play. These guys are athletes and competitors. Um, you know, Cameron Maben, I, I said this before and I won't say it as emotionally, you know, there was a chance he was never playing major league baseball again coming into the season. He was in the Cleveland Indians minor leagues. Um, and their outfield production is not very impressive. Um, so I, I don't know where I think we're going to try to string it along as, as long as we can. I'm hoping at least through the all-star break. Um, I don't know. There's, there is a good chance though, that we're going to have to shrug and we're going to look back in a month and a half and be like, damn, the Cameron Maven times were pretty fun. What's he doing nowadays in Seattle? Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, what if. Houston picked him up. He was part of their World Series team, and then we're in the playoffs, and Cameron was playing for another team. Like, that would be a bummer. For how much he's I seeming mean, to love it here, that would fucking suck. Yeah. But, yes, to answer your question, phantom injuries do happen. I mean, and they've been spoken about by players. I remember last year, Duffy was pitching so bad for the Royals, and the Yankees lit him up, and in his postgame, he said, uh, listen, I'm going to pitch. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a phantom injury. I'm not going to. And I was like, I never heard it like spoke about like, you know, in a press conference, like Duffy saying, I'm not going to do a phantom injury. Definitely means phantom injuries get done. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think pitchers, it makes a lot more sense for hitters sometimes. Cause I think pitchers, if you lose it, you just lose it. Um, but yeah. Hey guys, what's up? This is Todd, North Carolina. Just had a real quick question. If you could mic one player for a game, start to finish, and listen to every word that they say and every word that anybody says to them, which player would it be? Mine would be CC Sabathia. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Who would you want to be mic'd up? My first thought process was so lame. Just so lame. I thought Dono. <laughs> I just thought Ooh. that was my gut reaction. Like, I want to hear what Dono says during the games. Not Boone. Okay. I mean, it, to be very honest. I Boone, think they're leaning player here. I, th I think they're leaning player. In they the said player. Here. I know. That's why I said my answer was bad. They said player. But my real answer is Boone. <laughs> like, if I, if I actually <laughs> wanted to hear if you just said one guy. But if I have to go player, I'll right. go. See, like, it has to be someone that speaks English. Otherwise, it's going to be no fun for me. Give me uh CC, I feel like I've heard it before. We hear from CC all the time. Like, give me Guardy. I think Guardy's dropping some ruthless shit talk in the dugout, like saying things that are that's mean. He's got some good one liners for sure. I got that picture of him talking junk to Maven the other day. Um yeah, Romine behind the dish is fun, because then you get every interaction if you get that. Um CC on the mound for a full game completely mic'd up would be a wild ride. If he's pitching, um, yeah. If he's pitching, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Otherwise, and I know this this kind of isn't a sexy answer, but it, it kind of ties into Romine catching, but Void at first base. He he talks over there. I'd, I'd love to know what all those interactions are like. I think they'd be so boring. I always get blown away. Like, I see Luke Voigt, like, even, even when he came up last year and he had, like, two good weeks, like, still when someone comes over to first, you know, you see them chatting, and I'm like, what are Luke Voigt and Alex Bregman talking about? You know? Like, is it, well, someone, is it just cordial? Is it, hey, how are you? Is it, mostly, I hate you? It's mostly just cordialness. Because someone, someone asked me after the Giolito thing when Voigt walked up the next game and he was talking to the catcher. They're like, what did Voigt just say to the catcher? And I went back and I looked at it and he says, what's up, bro? How you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's, if you have Voigt mic'd up, I think every time a runner gets the first base. He just says, what's up, bro? How you doing? And then hey, they that'd say... Be, I, that'd be an entertaining montage for me. Montage is good, but like listening, every, I, I think there's better. I think I'm going Gardner or or Didi, but Didi in the dugout would be good because he gets all the languages. He interacts with everyone. Yeah, that's true. Oh, maybe maybe if you get one of those, like you see them wear one of those big translating earpieces at like UN meetings or whatever, then like Didi or Gary or, or, or some of those guys would come into play. All right. Not bad. Okay. I got to dip into the other voicemails that intern Luke didn't. Uh, I tell you what, Clint used would have been a wild ride too. I think you just hear silence. No one talked to him. Dude, you see some big smiles out of him when he gets like a blue pit and stuff. I, I think there'd be some entertaining he stuff. He talks there. on the base paths a lot. I'm thinking more dugout interactions. Yeah. We're into the randos now? Hey, it's Josh yep. calling from Manhattan. Love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. Got a fun question for you guys after a boring kind of lame series against the White Sox because who cares about the White Sox? Got in an argument with Phil Hughes, former Yankee pitcher, about the quality and necessity of ricotta cheese. Now, I'm a chef. Want to get your guys' opinion on it. Let's go, Yanks. <laughs> ricotta. Some ricotta cheese. Uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I I try not to eat it a lot because you can you put that stuff in excess, but you give me like a good stuffed shell or even a good lasagna with some ricotta. Ricotta. I'm all in it. Yeah, I mean the pasta dishes with ricotta in it. I mean that's that's a no brainer. Ricotta by itself, it's a little gross. I I won't I won't shy away from that. Yeah, I never even had it by itself or thought about it by itself. Yeah, so I, I guess I, I would need to know the details in the debate about that. But by itself, oh, that's weird stuff. Hey, talking Yanks, Jake sucks. Uh, Owen from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, a long time, first time. Okay, I get that uh, we have a great starter, start opener with uh, Green and then Nestor Cortez, but why not move it to CC opened? And every day that CC's going to pitch, Green's going to pitch. Like, that is seven innings. It lets us actually use our bullpen and keep it fresh. I think that is the better option. Let's do a Hale Cortez uh, opener or something in there. Figure that out. I'd rather make sure that CeCe knows that he's got backup, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Go Yankees. 
I, I I like Chad as the opener. If you were to mix Chad with CeCe, I'd want Chad to open, but CeCe's not going to ever do that. Chad, Chad works better when he knows when he's pitching. He piggybacked CeCe or Gumby in 2017. It allows him to have his bullpen sessions and work on things in between instead of, you know, never being able to work on things besides in games. We found that out last year. They tried to use Chad and he said, this is weird. It's hard to get used to. I like knowing when I'm going to pitch. So it's been different. That was quotes last year. And this year it seems to be the same way. Like when he knows he's going to pitch, he's better. He's been a starter his whole life. And in 2017, he was in the bullpen, but there were scheduled days. Basically Girardi kind of let him know like, Hey, we're going to use you today. Hey, we're going to use you today. I like Chad in the opener role. I don't know how it works going forward. But I mean, dude, he struck out six guys. Like he's he's had some opens that have been dominant. And it's a badass way to start the game when he does it right. Jim, you're kind of all over it. He's he's a starting pitcher reliever. He is the opener. He likes to know when he's gonna pitch. He he came up as a starting pitcher. He's just a relief pitcher now. He does it for <laughs> two, three innings. Um uh I don't know. The the CC thing, we we need some starts out of CC soon before that becomes a real conversation. That's all I have to say about that. We need say that again. We need some decent starts out of CC soon before it comes a conversation. Because I mean, you you mentioned phantom DIL injuries, it, guys. Couple starts now. CC said he hasn't had his stuff and he hasn't had his cutter. So. I, we, we just need something soon from CeCe before things get really loud. Around oh, yeah. That. One more start where CeCe's like, I didn't have a thing. Um, It's loud. Yeah. What's up, John Boy and Jake? This is Adam from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, quick question for you guys. So you touched on a little bit before uh, on Monday's episode, but uh, I always thought I'm in favor of the four-man bench. Listen. My opinion, we send down Sessa or get rid of him. I don't think we can send him down. Probably have to DFA him. But we are, we already have two of the same pitchers on the team, and they're way better than Sessa. We have Hale, and we have that other guy. What's his name? Nestor the Molester. <laughs> Jake, if you ever see him in person, I dare you to say it's his face. I wonder what would happen. However, that's my opinion. Four-man bench. Get rid of Sessa. He sucks. Jake sucks. Just kidding, Jake. Love you. Also, Jake, I want to wear your skin as a suit. Go Yanks. Peace. Okay, a lot going on here. I did catch one part of it where he did say that you sucked. Caught that. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. agree, man. I'd much rather them keep Maven and go and and get Sessa out of here. Trade him What's for the Sessa next Sessa day? What, Shreve day? The 24th? Is that what you said? Yeah, but they didn't trade Shreve on the 24th. But that's when I was licking beaches for sure. Yeah, that's when I made the licking beach. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah no, I I think uh, the the Sessa. I was gonna say it's fun. It hasn't been fun, but I we're we're about a week away from being like, holy smokes, Louis Sessa can't be on this team anymore. Yeah, it comes about the time when they have to get rid of Cameron Mabin. For the, go go with the four man bench until you can't. Yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. All right, we got two voicemails here from the same guy. I'm wondering if he left the same voicemail twice and fine-tuned it. 
or if he made the mistake. Love yeah. a good mistake voicemail. Um. Uh. Okay, I don't know. I'm just gonna play this one. See what it is. Hey, Jake and John Boy, Steve calling from outside of Nutley here. Um, question today is, uh, I'm just wondering what what kind of satisfaction do these do these um, pessimistic Yankee fans get out of trying to bash guys like Gary and and even Cece? Um, it almost seems like they prefer that they they fail. Um, just kind of wanted to hear your guys' take on what might be the reason uh, some Yankee fans like to be so pessimistic and, and would prefer some of our elite guys like Gary, that, why would they rather than fail than succeed? I just want to hear your guys' take on it. I mean, I have my own opinions, uh, but I wanted to hear maybe what you guys think about that. Appreciate it. couple things. There's, there's this weird thing in uh, male youth, which is like a whole sociological issue, where being negative is cool and being positive is lame. That's like a problem with boys growing up. And like I thought it probably when I was 10 to 14 and everyone else does. And some people don't grow out of that 10 to 14 range. And I think it's something on like a serious life message that we need to change as a society. We need to stop telling little boys that being negative is cool and being positive is lame. Terrible message. So that's part of it. Other part is that we will always in life have doomsdayers. People that would rather say there's a storm coming, we're all going to die, and then when everyone dies, say, I told you, and find a little pride in that. Like, that's just a personality trait that exists, and you will always have people that do that, that want, Jake likes to say, they want to be first. They want to be the, I had it first. That storm's going to come and kill us. Like, it just, the way life is, and people suck. Uh, I think it's all fan bases have it. I think Yankee fans have double the fan base of most MLB fans, so we have double the amount of negative pessimistic fans. That's just kind of math. Yeah, I, I guess if, I mean, it is, it's like a heavy, <laughs> it can be a heavy time. I think people are probably surprised you and I are so serious right now, but I mean, this is our lifestyle, so we're like thrown into it. Um, my big thing that I'll just throw out there is no consequences. You could say or do whatever you want, and there's no consequences to anything. Yeah. So, you know, if someone doesn't like Giancarlo Stanton, they could they could rag on him up and down, left and right, all day. Um, and then, you know, if the Yankees win one with them, there's no ramifications. It's You know, even if someone came back at him and was like, Hey, dude, you hated Giancarlo. You said the Yankees would never win with them, but that we we just won. They go, okay. There's there's no, there's no consequences. Oh yeah, I mean, we didn't get Manny or Bryce, so this season was doomed. Now we're in first place with a really good offense with the depth pieces that Cash did get, but all those people that were screaming the offense is going to suck because we didn't get Manny or Bryce are now, they are now saying the offense is going to suck when Judd and Stan get back. Or they're saying, yeah, but we still don't have any pitching, which may be somewhat true, but like, they're just always going to be on to the next thing and it, it, they'll get proven wrong. And then they'll be on to the next thing and on to the next thing. And it just, uh, yeah, I wish I could filter them out. Yeah. But sadly you can't. All right. Uh, Steve called back with another, question okay hey jake and john boy um 
I know you guys talked about it a, a fair amount regarding uh, Yankees trading for a pitcher. Um, I know you, you've thrown in your, your two cents about guys like Scherzer who are unrealistic, doesn't make any sense, and, and stuff like that. But I wanted to know, do you guys have any personal opinions on who you think the Yankees should trade for in terms of a pitcher uh, or who might be the best fit? Appreciate it. I, I do not. I, I don't like playing that game. Uh, when we get closer and things get closer, maybe I'll have a lean. But right now, I, I'm not I'm not worried about looking at who I want them to get. Like I've just never been wired that way. Like yeah. I'm worried about winning this series. I still don't look at the standings at all. Until the All-Star game, Like I don't care what place we're in. I'm not going to celebrate being in first or I'm not going to get disappointed of being in third unless it's a margin of like eight or more. Uh, I don't, I don't care at all right now. All I care about is when the series we're playing. Yeah. Do you have yeah, a, do you have a guy, Jake? Um, I don't have a guy. I, I think it's it. the whole thing is there's a mathematical equation and it's something that I've always loved about sports, even like video game version of sports, my nerdy baseball game, out of the park baseball I play. Everything's an equation. It's talent, um, t- like times value and, and you get your number. Like, I don't know if, if we had to empty our farm system and pay everything owed to Max Scherzer, like, hey, it's cool we have Max Scherzer, but know that, like, value-wise, everything there would suck. Like, we would have blown that trade, and Brian Cashman would never do that. He's running an organization that he plans to run for the next decade. So everything's an equation. If if it's two minor leaguers we don't care about, but the Blue Jays like for some reason, and we get Marcus Stroman, cool. If we have to give a couple big prospects for Madison Bumgarner, you know, that sucks. So it, it t- comes down to the value of the deal for me. The value of the deal, the Jake Storielli biography. I, I'd say, I'll say this to feed the beast, Jim. If we, could, if we could give up a couple prospects and the Nationals eat some of the bad money on Scherzer's contract, I, I, I'll tell you what, I would be through the moon for that because, my God, him on this team would be nuts. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he's being moved, though. Yeah. Yeah. I like Stroman more than Bumgarner. Yeah. I'm actually as of right now, I don't I don't think Bumgarner's who they need at all. Like It'd be I a don't weird fit. I don't think it I don't Yeah. Right now he he'd help eat innings uh down yeah. the stretch. But and you might have to pay like a a, a Bumgarner tax on it cuz he's a name when he's not better than what when we traded for Hap last year? Yeah. So like if we traded for Bum and gave up more than what we gave up last year for Hap, that's stupid. Unless Bumgarner has like ten fantastic starts in a row, starting now, before the trade. You know what I mean? That's yeah. but we're too early to this. That's why I hate doing it. Yeah. I think that's all we got. A lot of questions. Thank you to everyone that called in. That was Ooh. fun. Yankees barbecue talk. Some real talk. Some life yeah. talk. Talking Yanks. Appreciate you. If you want to support, go to talk, go to patreon.com slash talking yanks. We will be back tomorrow with sharp stats, Jake, I believe. Yeah, man. Yep. And then the day after that, we will be reviewing this Rays series, and hopefully it is a winning series. Definitely got off to a great start. 
with Tank and Cameron Maben today. That's about it. Jake, any last words? I don't think so. Good good voicemails, guys. All right. See ya. Gals, thanks. Go Yanks, Tom Grams. Go Yankees.